Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Minnesota does not have a foul to give. One minute remaining in regulation. Morant off the foul. our next guest calling John Morant not John Morant that would be cool but it is Eric Hasseltine who is calling that the voice of the Memphis Grizzlies is joining us on the score hotline presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas home of the world's largest sports book Eric thanks for taking time out today we appreciate it uh, happy to do it but I, I, I hate to correct you but that was from our TV broadcast so that's Pete Branica who actually uh, is from the Chicago area, so I, I'm, I'm happy to give him the credit on that one because it was a heck of a call um, from our from our TV guys. But yeah, man, it's great. It, it's great to have to be here. I appreciate you guys calling. Well, that's what Saturday Suckage is all about. That's our show. We suck so you don't have to. Stop. We we Stop. suck so nobody else has to. So no, the, hey man, I've been there. Don't worry about it. The um, the Grizz, the Grizz come into town tonight, Bulls and Grizzlies at 645 with, uh, on this station with the Swirskis, Chuck Swirskis pregame show and the tip-off. And the Grizzlies seem to be the same kind of surprise, happy, electric story that the Bulls are. It's sort of yeah. the Bulls of the West. So for our yeah. fans who are all focused on the East and the evil teams like the Nets and Sixers and Heat, <laughs> share with us, give us a scouting report on Jaw and the guys. They're fun. Uh, it's a fun team. And, and honestly, we, we were here in the preseason, and I, I was talking with Chuck and, and with my good friend Bill Wennington, not the name drop, but one of my favorite uh, duos <laughs> in the league. Lo- love my – me and Billy are, uh, have had some good times, and, and just a, you guys have a great crew there. Um, but we actually were courtside in one of the few arenas here and asked Zach Levine what he thought of his new teammates, and he said, I got some dogs now. We're going to be really good. And I watched that preseason game and thought the same thing. When I watched our guys compete with them, I knew we had a chance to be pretty good too. Um, They play fast. They share the basketball. They're based on attacking the interior. They're the number one team in the league and scoring points in the paint. They're the number one rebounding team. Steven Adams, uh, where a lot of people thought that move was a step back, was really a step forward because he just rebounds and defends and opens things up for Ja. And Morant has been sensational. I mean, a well-deserved starting bid. There were some that thought he shouldn't, and that those are people that obviously haven't watched much of the Grizzlies this year, which happens. We're in a smaller market. I get that. But he has been – everything is advertised and better, and 
has really put in the work and the effort to to take his game to the next level. You know, we talk about guys that clearly, you know, understand where they can go and, and know that it's on them to, to take that uptick, and he's done that. Now, he doesn't do it by himself. They played really well when he had a little bit of a knee sprain right out right before Thanksgiving. They went on to win nine of the next ten games, and we were all thinking, okay, we got to survive this stretch uh, without him and, and try to hover where they they prospered and they prospered because it's an incredibly unselfish group, including Ja himself and leading by example has helped. They've got a great bench. Um, Tyus Jones, who was in Minnesota is, is one of the better backup point guards in the league. In my opinion, he really controls the game when he comes in, doesn't turn the ball over a lot. Jaron Jackson jr. Is back to being healthy in his fourth season. He, you know, came back at the end of last season and never really got into a great rhythm after injuring his knee in the bubble. And then you just add, you know, other complimentary pieces, and you got to give a lot of credit to the front office. Zach Kleiman, who actually is from the Chicago area as well, has stepped into the general manager's role and, and done a tremendous job, uh, and has had the wherewithal to say, "Hey, I I know enough to know I know I don't know everything." So brought in great people on the analytics side and the basketball side. Brought in Tayshawn Prince, who uh, is just really, really astute at watching guys and seeing who fits what you want to do. Not necessarily who can play, because all the guys in the league can play. Do they fit the system they're in? And so it's been a lot It's been a lot of fun. Third place in the West for this group right now. They really feel like they have a chance to move up to the two spot uh, where they're right behind Golden State right now and have one more matchup with them. And they've beaten the best teams in the NBA, and they've beaten them on their home floors. I mean, other than Philadelphia, who they beat on in Memphis and, and had a game right down to the wire where – Joel Embiid did not play, but they've beaten Golden State on the, uh, in San Francisco. They've beaten Phoenix in Phoenix on the second night of a back-to-back, nonetheless. So um, they're fun to watch, man. I, I'm, I'm really excited for this game. It's, it's, a little, um, it's a little scary to me because the Grizzlies did not, you know, find their rhythm in the, their last game against Minnesota on Thursday night, and you don't want to come out of the break and lose two in a row, and that's certainly in play when you play the Bulls on their home floor, but I think it's going to be a lot of fun tonight. Eric, talking about John Morant, and, and I know a lot of people, I mean, the diehard fans of the NBA certainly are are well aware of him. He's one of the more electric players, electric young players in the league. But small college, you mentioned, small market uh, uh, team with Memphis. But he's really elevating you know, the profile of not only the Grizzlies and certainly himself, but he, he is one of the brightest stars in the league. I, it kind of reminds me of when, and not that Chicago is a small market by any means, but when you know, the Bulls drafted Derrick Rose. It's like, all right, build around this guy. It, it reminds me of a very similar, you, you can go places with John Morant. Yeah, you can. And Derrick, obviously, having spent a season with the University of Memphis, we're very familiar with him. And uh, it was just a tremendous start to his career here. And unfortunately, you know, some injuries changed the complexion of, of what he was going to do. You know, he became the youngest MVP. And a lot of people think that, you know, despite the, amazing season Joel Embiid's having. There's still a stretch run here. DeMar's in that conversation for MVP, and John Morant and Steph Curry, I believe, are in that conversation. He's It's it's a telltale story of almost the entire roster, other than Jaron Jackson, who was kind of anointed having a father that played in the NBA and being you know, bigger, faster, stronger than kids he played with all his life. All these other guys on this roster, at one point or another in their life, have been overlooked, whether it be going to to college, whether it be in the draft, whether it be, you know, um, where they where they were recruited to, they they've all had that chip on their shoulder, 
And so that's kind of the way they play. And Ja is the leader of that. You know, he wasn't a highly recruited high school player. He played on an AAU team with Zion Williamson. And obviously we know who's going to get the, <laughs> the attention there back in South Carolina in those days. And they found him from Murray State in a secondary gym at a high school, you know, summer camp where he wasn't even asked to play in the main game. And the assistant coach, as the story's been told, goes to the secondary gym to watch somebody else, and they see this kid just killing people and just elevating over people and blowing by them with his speed. And he calls the head coach. He said, hey, you told me I have the right to sign anybody when I really believe that they can help us, right? He goes, yeah. He goes, all right, we're signing this kid, John Morant, today. Like, I'm offering him right now. There's no question. He goes, okay. And they got him there, and two years later, he's the number two pick. So he plays with that edge. He plays with that chip on his shoulder. Uh, you know, this young team's caught a little flack at times because they like to talk. But to me, they're more talking to each other than trying to embarrass other teams. But they'll keep coming at you, and they play with that veteran swagger. So he's fun to watch, and he's, he's a special special talent, to say the least. But it's not just him. Like he, he's very unselfish. He's got a great shooter on the wing in Desmond Bain. And so um, this is a collective effort, and that's why I really enjoy watching this team play. And I think when people get a taste of seeing them in the playoffs, they'll, they'll start becoming more and more popular as well. We're talking with Eric Hasseltine. He is the radio voice of the Memphis Grizzlies. It's Bulls and Grizz tonight at the United Center. Chuck Swirsky's pregame show, 645, tip-off at 7. So the interesting part, uh, one of the interesting things, is the way the Grizzlies performed without Jaw, which some people could use and say, well, how how valuable could he be if they won 9 of 10 without him? And if you step away from the MVP argument – that stretch when they win is what we're seeing the Bulls go through now where you see players put in different positions because of all the injuries the Bulls have had and all the setbacks they've had. And now you have Io and Kobe and you have a bunch of guys starting who were part of what was a deep bench. And you have guys getting valuable experience. It's not playoff experience, but you're getting different situations. So I imagine you see the Grizzlies as being – far more flexible and far more that experience got got ratcheted up a lot more than maybe the coaches or personnel people expected. Yeah, that's a great point because they've had guys have to step in. They're still playing without Dylan Brooks, who is their best perimeter defender. And they expect him back uh, in a week or so, uh, hopefully, maybe two. But, you know, he had the injury to start the season, then went through health and safety protocols and in every game he played, he was double figures. And in over half, he was over 20 points. And the only game he didn't get double figures, he comes back after a, a health and safety protocol. And on a drive, you know, a full court drive, he steps on somebody's foot, rolls his ankle, and he's been out ever since. It's been a couple of months. So the, the, the whole time during All-Star break, we're all thinking, wait till they finally have their projected starting five, which has played together a grand total of eight games. Very similar to Chicago, like you said. And, and you look at where Io is, who I love. And I was shocked he fell in the draft that way. And I was telling some of the Bulls personnel the first time we saw them in the preseason, I walked next to Iowa and I went, my God, this guy's way bigger than I ever thought he was at Illinois. And so it's guys like that that are, you know, the Grizzlies version of that. Zaire Williams, who was their first-round draft pick, who's now been thrust into a starting rotation spot. John Conchar, who was a, you know, great player for Fort Wayne University, just stat machine doesn't get drafted, but finds a home in Memphis and does all the little things that you need guys to do. He's like our Alex Caruso. There's a lot of similarities to these two rosters in terms of 
where guys fill roles. Now the difference is you have some more veteran leadership there with Vucevic and, and DeRozan and Levine having done this before. So, um, yeah, the next man up thing is really proven to, to benefit the Grizzlies. They, they're unselfish all the way around. They don't have guys that are not getting their minutes now complaining about things and saying, where are my touches? Where, where's my time on the court? They've got guys saying, hey, we'll be here when you need us. We're, we love this group. And, you know, I've been doing this 21 years and, and you know, not as long as Chuck or, but been around the league. And I've never seen a team that is as unified that I've had the, the pleasure to call games for. Um, as this group, they genuinely are to a man, just they, they enjoy being around one another, which comes out on the court. And, you know, I think we would all agree that there are plenty of times where you have a group of talented players, but they don't always get away. Maybe you see the situation in Brooklyn and Philadelphia and you can see what I'm talking about. That's not what it is here. And that was why when we talked to Zach Levine before the preseason game and I went, okay, Zach's down with this. This is, this is going to be good for them because he can go. And you got a guy in DeMar DeRozan that wants an opportunity to win with Lucevic. This is going to be a really good group. So that's a big part of it. So you got to give you know front offices a lot of credit for putting guys together that are high character guys and building a culture of of winning. It's not just being able to make shots and and get to the rim. It's it's being able to understand the day in day out grind of the league and and be happy where you're at and. and you know, that's where the Grizz, what the Grizzlies have done. So it's been a lot of fun to watch, to say the least. And by the way, why is Chuck Swirsky only doing a 15-minute pregame? Show? Come on. <laughs> this, this guy's got more in the tank than that. Let's, that's, let's get serious here. That's a well, good, we, yeah, but he dances after save you victories. After we're going we're gonna to get him a white suit. It's Saturday night, so we're going to get him a, a white suit. And yeah, he'll we're going to have to talk to him about his dance moves. I, I, got, I got a few steps he needs to learn, and I'm not the one to teach him, but I'm, I think that might be his Christmas present or dance lesson. There you go. There you go. Yeah, and Eric, I, I got to imagine too, because much like the Bulls, you know, very similar record. Memphis, uh, twenty-one games over five hundred right now, and, and playing lights out, as you said, and playing well, uh, albeit uh, you mentioned the last game that they lost. Um, I can't, uh, you know, there's not a lot of talk around NBA circles or around NBA media about the Grizzlies as as a playoff, uh, uh, you know, that they're going to advance far in the playoffs, that they're a title contender, et cetera. We're hearing the same stuff about the Bulls. You hear all about Philly. You hear about the Bucks. You hear about the Nets despite all their struggles. But nobody wants to talk about the Bulls. I got to imagine that's uh, bothersome to you as as a uh, Memphis Grizzly uh, broadcaster as well. Yeah, I wouldn't say bothersome. I, I kind of chuckle at it because I'm like, if you watch the way this team plays, this is not – a fluke what they're doing they're one of the only teams uh and you know take your pick of the analytics that we use the hollinger stats or the, the the league's analytic stats they're in the top 10 in offensive efficiency defensive efficiency and pace of play i mean they move up and down the floor this is not a fluke this is not you know i i, I was in memphis where it, i wouldn't say it was a fluke but you know mike fratello teams weren't as great defensively as people thought they were great teams and mike's a great coach i'm not trying to disparage a guy who won 600 games in his NBA career, but they were a slow it down. We're going to work the shot clock to get our best shot, which in turn slows down the game completely and kind of gets people to, to get out of their rhythm. This team goes and, and they go and then they're going to try to establish the tempo. Now, why I, I, why people say that I get, they don't have a lot of playoff experience on the roster. They did go last year and, and upset golden state in the, in the final game of the play-in tournament after beating San Antonio in the first game. And then won the first game against Utah, who didn't have Donovan Mitchell. And subsequently, guys took four butt kickings. They really did. The, the, the Jazz controlled those games 
every one of them. But it was a valuable lesson on what you need to do, and it was a valuable lesson for the coaching staff. I, and they admittedly said, hey, maybe we tried to play too many guys. We need to shorten the rotation. But that experience was huge for them. And, you know, they've beaten Utah. They've beaten multiple times. They've beaten Phoenix on their home floor. They've beaten Golden State multiple times. They can compete with these teams. And, you know, you tell these guys they can't do something in, with this group, and they're going, all right, watch us. And that's the, the crazy thing. You know, look, Chicago is an amazing city. Guys that play here, I'm sure, love it. There's so much to do, and there's so many things going on. That's not Memphis. Yet these guys have come to Memphis and said, hey, it, I hope you guys like this in Memphis because we're going to be here for a while, and we're going to keep this group together, and we're going to make this run something special. And you don't hear that a lot on smaller market teams. You know, we've seen Anthony Davis get out of New Orleans. We've seen uh, other players that were in smaller markets, Kevin Durant, go from Oklahoma City to Golden State and decide, hey, I'm going to go over there where I can definitely win. They believe they can do it with this group. And so to me, I've always kind of taken the motto of, if, you know, I, and anybody that thinks the Bulls can't do it is crazy to me too because I watch where they go. And, again, you're missing a couple of key pieces. Lonzo's been great here. Alex Caruso's been terrific. And they're not there. And if they get those guys back, they're, they're tough. They're, they're going to be a tough out, no doubt about it. But, you know, when, when people say that, it's like, okay, we'll just keep doubting them. And, and when you look up and you're down – two games to none or three games to one in a seven game series. And you got to win three in a row. That's probably not going to happen. You know, I remember our first playoff series win in San Antonio when they were an eight seed and they won game one and Mount Ginobili didn't play that year in that game and then played the rest of them. But after the game, we were walking around San Antonio feeling great because it was the first franchise playoff victory. The three years they had been before they had gotten swept every round. So we're feeling great. I'm hanging around with former Grizzly Rudy Gay and a couple other players and a couple of our broadcasters, and we ran into some Spurs fans, and they were gracious, but they're like, yeah, we just wanted to let you have one. And my response was, cool, we'll take a second one if you want to give it to us that one too because I'm pretty sure we can get two on our own. And if you give us two and we get two on our own, you guys are gone. And lo and behold, the Grizzlies eliminated them. Um, So that's the thing. Like when people start going, oh, well, they can't do this or they can't do that, there's not a lot of things either one of these teams can't do. So people that are doubting their ability to advance in the playoffs to me are just not not paying attention. Well, I think it would be a lot more national media having an emphasis on Memphis if they knew right. what Central Barbecue was all about. Oh, it's good stuff, man. Yeah, that's, that's it. Good and stuff. They would all be rooting for that writing, and they would be trying to write it into existence that they would spend, you know, especially if it was the middle part of a series – in the NBA yeah. Finals, where it's three home games or three games in Memphis, oh yeah. my God! So let me tell you what: we're not one of the fattest cities in America for no reason. No, we got some good food down there. <laughs> you you've earned that, and yeah, thank we, you. We've 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 worked hard for that title. Don't don't take it away from us. Yeah, but it's it's Central Barbecue's up there. That's that that's the slow cook Memphis stuff. I'm I'm a fan. I'm going to go down there even if you're not part of the finals. That's how much and I. You believe. guys come down there. We'll show you some great golf courses too. When you get around there in, in May and. And in June, it's not quite uh, the oppressive heat that July and August are, but uh, there's some great stuff there. There really is. I, you know, I grew up in California. I never thought I'd be in Memphis 21 years. It's, it's been an amazing run. Things that, that really have, have changed me in terms of how I, you know, understand things. Though the Civil Rights Museum is there, and it's mm-hmm. just an amazing tribute to a crazy time. And, and people kind of knock it. And look, there's some things about Memphis that that are a little rough around the edges, but overall, you know, it's, it's a place that loves basketball and uh, barbecue. And, and I tell people all the time, just 
come take a visit, and I, I think you'll you'll have a different opinion. Sun Studios and the Rock and Soul Museum yeah. are must see places. Hundred percent. Yeah. Graceland too. I mean, people. It's funny. Native Memphians have never. Most of them have never been to Graceland, which I think is a shame. But it's it's pretty interesting to go see that as well. So yeah, there's a lot to do. Eric, thank you for your time. We appreciate it. And um, I expect a Memphis victory tonight because the Bulls don't beat good teams. <laughs> they don't. I'm not going to go that far, but I'm looking forward to it uh, and looking forward to a, a highly competitive game. Appreciate you guys having me on. Anytime you want to talk again, just give me a call. Looking forward to it. Thank Thanks, you. Thanks, Eric. That's Eric Hasseltein, a radio voice of the Grizz. Now that we settled that. Central Barbecue is a place you get in Memphis, and and he's right about Graceland, the uh-huh. Civil Rights Museum. Civil Rights Museum. I have never been to Memphis. <clears throat> it's go there for Central Barbecue. Central Barbecue. Go there for the Civil Rights Museum. It'll make you cry to see what we what has been done to people, what we've done to people, what we've done to fellow Americans, and then go to Sun Studios tour and the Rock and Soul Museum. It's just a wonderful, especially the way you love music. Mm-hmm. And oh, music yeah. history. For sure. Yeah. So do that. Yep. I could be your uh, central barbecue correspondent, much like I was your pancake pantry correspondent See, uh, right. way, back, way back when. Yeah. yeah. There you go. All right. We'll take a break. And then, um, Caesar, what else do we want to get wrong from here on out? Any, what, do we, what do we want to do from here on out? Anything? We could take a listen to the uh, f- phone call from the overnight with Grody talking about Oh, do about we get that? For that, you suck, yeah. We got the, for that, you suck? Wow. I nominate you, Caesar. Steve Rosenblum. <laughs> <laughs> My guest is Zito. Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. This is Sports Radio 670 The Score, Chicago's sports station. The scouts said they showed a lot of promise. They brought their f- Toys with them. 45 years ago yesterday, they put on the foil. Want some? No. I thought you were getting excited about Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch here. Slapshot <laughs> hit the theaters 45 years ago yesterday. And 40, 45 years ago Monday was... Uh, on a dark desert highway. Yep. Cool wind in my hair. The smell of politas rising up in the air. People had to go ask, what are politas? I, Is I, that as, a Southern California thing? No, it's as hot. A, as a young man, or as a kid, really, when I first heard that, I'm like, what is this police dust? Police what, dust. What is, what is that? Yeah. Well, that's those are called mondegreens. Did you know there's a word for misheard lyrics? No. Mondegreen is the word. Oh. No, I did not know that. Right. So- there, there are some very famous Mondegreens. Well, and, and as a 618 texter points out, as we were talking about Wrigleyville and the Hotel Zachary, uh-huh. the Hotel Zachary, you can check out, but you but can, you never, can never, leave. never leave. There you go. That's <laughs> it. So we had Mark Grody on less than an hour ago. This is his show. He was on this show, but he's not on the show now. And he had done, because he's been doing the, Score overnights. His he's doing his Les Grobstein. Um, I, I want to say penance, but it's sort of it's probably a fun adventure for him, even though he Tribute. takes a couple of days to get yeah. out of the fog. He was telling us, uh-huh. and by the time he gets out of it, it's time to go back into it. Although this, he will be going into going to the combine this week. So he had mentioned 
because we wanted to know what Mark heard. We had mentioned mm-hmm. a caller, a specific caller, and we thought we had figured this out with one of the many Sean's we have around here producing shows. And Caesar, Caesar had set up a folder that we could be sent links to these kind of calls. Put it in there. Yep. So we could do what Mark heard, our near award-winning segment, even when Mark's not here, but when he's on the air, score overnights. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> Mark helped Caesar track this down. So you want to set this up? Do we need to walk this up, or are we just going to play it, Caesar? So this is from the uh, this past week, Mark, bring back for... And for that, you suck. And this is a caller nominating Danny Parkins, and he's going to tell you exactly why. I'll play it for you right here. And then for the for the suck thing, uh, it has to be Danny Parkins. Uh, I mean, the list was not even on the ground, and he was brown-nosing Connecticut trying to sell the recorder, and he did it three or four times since. I think that's very disrespectful. But you got a problem. You know, you should have asked people. He's a brown-noser, and then very disrespectful trying to sell the record. And he keeps doing it, and Mitch Rosen should say something. You know, just <laughs> relax. It's not yours. If Les wanted to sell it, he could have sold it. Yeah, but great, I, you know, I agree. He needs to stop that, uh, Parco, for the, the purposes of entertainment. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Don, thank you very much for the call, man. I, I, would, I hope that you continue to call frequently. That was good. Wow. <laughs> Les wasn't even in the ground. I mean, come on. Let's go back to the start of that because the the anger, the righteous indignation, the anger, the, 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 the way he was fighting for Les. Let's, let's go back to the start of that. And then for the, for the sock thing, uh, it has to be Danny Parking. I mean, Les was not even in the ground and he was brown nosing Connecticut trying to sell the recorder. And then he did it three or four times since. I think that's very disrespectful. But you got a problem, you know, you should have asked people. He's a brown nose and then very disrespectful trying to sell the record. And he keeps doing it. And Mitch Rosen should say something, you know, just realize it's not yours. If Les wanted to sell it, he could have sold it. Yeah, I I agree. He needs to stop. Not even in the ground. I think I think we have to add Don the cabbie to the the suck roll call, can't you? The the suck thing at the beginning. Yeah, we can do that, right? Can you do that? Very good, Espo. Thank you, Caesar. How come you didn't think of that? (laughs) What's wrong with you? Well, you're as bad as Trash Panda. Where you know what Trash Panda does is, as he billboards the show on Twitter, he usually has some kind of video, whether it's a Simpsons animation or mm-hmm. it's a Saturday Night Live or some kind of video that involves like, oh my god, this sucks. Oh my god, this is gonna. And I tweeted at him last couple of weeks ago. Why? Why aren't these part of the suck roll call? Oh, I never thought mm-hmm. of that. What's wrong with you, Trash Panda? I'm still getting used to just always having my radar up, you know, for things that yeah, suck, yeah, for things around, you know. I, I and for just, that you suck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I guess I'm a nominee this week, or what I'm hearing. Yeah, <laughs> got that. Don't let the cabbie get a hold of that one, otherwise, Caesar, you're in trouble. So, do you do uh, are are either of you Wordle guys? I I literally I know what it is, and I just tried it for the first time last night with my son. Who was doing it? Literally, I, the the first text I get every morning is from my wife with a completed Wordle. Every morning. Every now, minute. does she she shares that with you a completed Wordle? But does she see? I I had done a the the choice. I had adapted this for my print column. Like mm-hmm. the the choice, and remember, death is not an option. Not an option. Yep. Hearing about somebody's fantasy team. <laughs> hearing about somebody's golf score. Seeing somebody's 
food on Twitter or seeing Wordle. somebody's Wordle score. So, which we, and death is not an option. I have to choose one that I want to partake yes, in. You do want, yeah, you do not, yeah, you can't, I, you can't die because all of those. I guess, are, I guess, I would take somebody's food on Twitter because maybe that gives me an idea of something to either cook and or go get. But so, I have no interest in your Wordle score. I don't care about your fantasy team. Uh-huh. What was my other one? Yeah. It golf score. Oh yeah, definitely. I don't care about your golf. So does your wife share it on social media too, Caesar? No, it's just it's a text to me, and sometimes she'll include my mother-in-law, her mother, uh, and she just loves you know pretty much every morning. It's the first text I get from her is a completed wordle showing me how many turns it took, and then she just hounds me until I completed it and send her how many I took. Yeah. And I can tell you that uh, my wife, Stacy, what she told me my wife, my wife, (laughs) what Stacy told me last night as she was doing a wordle, and I'm leaning over her shoulder, and I suggested something which she then typed in. It was actually a uh, uh, my suggestion was nearly correct. It was one letter off, and then she got it in the next one. But then she kind of gave me a look. I'm like, "What's wrong?" She's like, "Well, I'm trying to do it myself, and you know, I basically butt out over there, Mister. Get your own wordle." She did not like that. What color is her hair? Do we need to check in on Stacy's hair? No. So, and actually, to uh, to our two hundred six texter who texted in uh, Espo once on this very show, you mentioned that you and your wife were visiting your parents later that day. You talked about her new unusual hairdo, and then said, "So we're really excited about that." I find myself in a similar situation today, so I'm curious how did all that work out. So here's the thing with Stacy and her hair. We've been the married, multi-hued, Stacey. the multi-hued, multi-length, multi-everything. We She's have been, a study in yes, in, in sort of. Uh, We've been married for what seventeen, almost eighteen years. So She's a study in chromotherapy, is what the, she is. The number of hairstyles slash colors that mm-hmm. she has had, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's got to be in the hundreds. I mean, and maybe not hundreds, but it's it's certainly. We're well into double digits. So the parents don't even bat an eyelash. At one, once upon a time, I used to be like, what that? You know, like I'd come home from work and it would be like, well, I dyed my hair purple today. I was like, what? Okay. Oh, all right. I guess. So where it is now, you asked, is that it's, it's blondish brown. So more close to her natural color, but with extensions on it. So what color long. are the extensions? Uh, brownish. I mean, it's oh. all, yeah, it's all, it's all similar. But I know, and <laughs> you'll appreciate this. She always says, don't talk about my hair on the radio. I've heard that so. <laughs> before. I've heard that before. Well, I asked about Wordle because I, I don't want to know people's. First, two, there are two things that spin off from this. Do you guys do Loodle? L-E-W-D-L-E? I don't know what that is. I what just, do you think it is? Yeah, I, I just found out that actually exists a couple days ago. What do you think it is, Espo? Is it L E W D? Lude? No. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, I could guess there. Yes, but it's <laughs> it's five-letter words instead of uh-huh. four-letter words. And you have the same idea. You got six chances to get the letters, and it works mm-hmm. the same way. Mm-hmm. And you really need a firm grasp of Urban Dictionary, I think, to, to okay. yeah, be able to have success. Well, on that. Yeah. well, how is it? So that's my question. I, I mean, and I've literally never done a Wordle by myself. I don't have the app, whatever. How is it scored? Just go online. You know, but like, how, is, how is it scored? Well, as I said, I don't know anything about you're it. Given, you're given you you you're given a blank. I, I've, you're given so all I, the blank. You, you've seen what it looks I've like. I've seen it now. Yes. Okay. So then you'll you'll type in your five letters for your first word. Yep. And they'll turn over, and you'll yep. see which ones are 
The green ones are you got the right letter in the right place. Right. The yellow ones are you've got the right letter in the wrong place. And the blank, the gray ones are wrong and wrong. Right. This letter is not in this word. How does it determine how many points you get, though? I don't know about points. You just solve it in less than six tries. Yeah, okay. I, I don't think there's a point total. It's just no. you're trying to beat your partner in uh, the least amount of tries. You, ah, if you get okay. to six, once you get to six, it fills it out for you. But the point is try to got it. take the least amount of times to, to get there. Fewest. So See, here's how you know fewest and least. You, you think of French fries and mashed potatoes. If you can count them individually, it's fewer. I want fewer French fries. If you're if you can't count them individually, it's what I want less mashed potatoes. Less mashed potatoes. Right. And and he's our overnight host when Grody's <laughs> at the combine. <laughs> That's what I was gonna say. Yeah. Well played, sir. So there's a story the Tribune ran a couple of weeks ago, not about Loodle, although that would be great. But because the thing that annoys me is people post this stuff on the Twitter machine, right? Their Wordle scores. There was a story in the Tribune about two daughters who noticed that their grandmother, Denise Holt, had failed to text her daily Wordle score. She I saw this. She sends yep. this out, uh-huh. these out. Here here I am. Here's what I did. I got up in the morning. I'm a, a, She didn't do it. Wow, that's odd. And it turns out it was odd, and she needed help, and she got help, and she's alive to tell about it. But you can go find the story. But they sent a neighbor to check on her house in Lincolnwood. Her car was there. She didn't answer, and they knew something was wrong. Police were called in, found a broken window with blood on the scene, suggesting a break-in. They entered using a neighbor's key. Say, is anybody home? I'm here, Holt called. She was inside a basement bathroom where she had barricaded herself away from a naked intruder, threatening her with scissors. The man was subsequently arrested. But who knows how long she would have been there had she not not Posted, sent, texted her Wordle score. So that's her life it. was saved yeah. by Wordle. Right. What a thing. That's a thing. What a thing. All right. So we talked about journalists. We have other stuff going on. We will be um, taking you right up to 2 o'clock. Is that right, Caesar? Do you know that? Is that? Can yes, we sir. get that right? Yes. Yeah. We're going until 2 o'clock. Okay. All right. So we have time to fill. One more segment left. Yeah. You know, we're the mom show around here. The mom show. Yeah. I did, did not know that. We did. I'll explain a little bit of that. And then there was sort of something that added, not part of this show, but something that kind of added to the letter. There was sort of mom, mom show, this show adjacent because it involved a friend of the show. It involved a friend of a friend of the show. Okay. And, and, and so I'll share that. And also one of our favorites on this show, because we were talking about the tweeter machine. Mm-hmm. Mark Hamill. Right? Yes. Hamill himself, Hamill himself yeah. is a legend. Yes, he is. On Twitter. On no, Twitter. We've cited various things about somebody saying Mark Hamill could tweet a period and get 20,000 likes. So at that time, Mark Hamill tweeted a period and got, at the time, 77,000 likes. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, here's, here's kind of a story that, that we tell that you can imagine being told in a in an old newsroom. So we'll share that. And 
the mom show stuff and whatever nonsense we have uh, just to fill time till Saturday suckage survives another week. And as long as nobody li- important listened, we'll have to do this We're again. doing good. He's Mike Esposito, Steve Rosenblum, Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. Great success. This is Sports Radio 670, The Score, Chicago's sports station. Yeah, Bruce showed up on the list of Mondegreens, but it was for Blinded by the Light. Oh, man. Wrapped up like a deuce, another rumor in the night, instead of revved up like a deuce, another runner in the night. The most famous Mondegreen probably is Elton John's Hold Me Closer, Tony Danza. (laughs) (laughs) It's a misheard (laughs) lyric. From Miss 80's uh, sitcom star. Not Holy to not closer. to be confused with the tiny right. dancer. It's called Mondegreen, and it's a, it's a misheard lyrics, and it's R- Rocket called, Man's got to be the most s- not sung right song of all time. Completely. Doesn't have to be. It I still, be. I'm 49 years old. I have no idea what he says after Rocket Man. And I, I don't know that this to be a true Mondegreen, but I could imagine, given the singer, it would be true. Often misheard was like a virgin, touch for the 31st time. <laughs> And and this conversation was sparked, by the way, by our eight one five texter. Thank you for your Mondegreen, Dirty Deeds, Thunder Chief. Yeah, yeah. As opposed to Thunder Chief. Yeah, the Thunder Chief. It sounds like a team name. I've never. Hey, it's the Thunder this, Chiefs. I love Billy Joel. I, or I used to. Then I saw the documentary on him. But anyways, I we didn't start the fire. It was always burning. Said the worst attorney. <laughs> <laughs> That's typical of what you'd think. Anyways, we consider ourselves the mom show. Um, and what I mean, you know, it, it started with Jean Grody. She's the house mom. The Jewels. I yeah, still, jewels. every time I see the Jewels, right. I think it's, of Mark yeah. because of his mom. Sending your dad to, to the, the jewels. jewels. And Mark does great. I can't, I can't do that. And then we added Sweet Alice, who is mm-hmm. Trash Panda's mom. Mm-hmm. And she would give us updates on Shooter, who was Trash Panda's dad, standing inside the house with a shotgun <laughs> shooting at raccoons. So we call him Shooter, oh, and Sweet Alice would tell us about that. And we started asking for a while about that, and we asked Tom Thayer. Because Tom Thayer would, remember the show we did? Mm-hmm. Right, uh, you and I did a show when there used to be Sears live in the Sears and Joliet, Joliet yes. Mall, yep. right? And Rick came by, Rick Thayer, his brother. Yep, because in Joliet is the Thayer Deli, right? Yep, their and we restaurant, got delightful chicken soup. Right. So I asked about that. I, I was telling Tom, I said, "Your brother is the real hero in the Thayer family," <laughs> and I and I told him the story about the chicken soup, and he said that. When mom was in, their mom was in hospice. It was all her recipes that was using that. With that soup we had mm-hmm. at that Sears, mm-hmm. that was mom's re- mama Thayer's recipes. And she sits him down, and she's in hospice, and everybody can see the end of it. And, and she starts telling him, "This is according to Tom. Somewhere we have this on tape." It says, <clears throat> "I want you to know." Pick a chicken with big thighs because they have more flavor in them, more fat. Okay. <laughs> Mom, I don't want to. <laughs> Mom is not what I'm here for. Right. It was one of the best right. stories. <laughs> it was great. Tom's telling the story. His mom, he's trying to sort of have, you know, last moments with his mom, mm-hmm. and she's telling you about picking a chicken for chicken soup. 
So anyways, all this mom stuff always interests me. We tried to get Mama Komet to come on. Mm-hmm. She's local, and we wanted to talk to her about her son's year. I, I live in Arlington Heights. Maybe. I well, mean, I, I, have no, I, I don't know where they we're live. I can find out very easily, though. So this came this week from Ben Bradley, formerly of Channel 7, yep. now Channel 9. Channel 9, yep. So he's part of Lawrence Holmes's of the score. Uh-huh. And Amanda Kashubi, my editorial queen over at the Tribune, part of the HF Homewood Flossmoor. Yep. So he tweeted this out. For what, apropos, I don't know, but it was just because I I needed to share a mom story. And Ben Bradley tweeted this out when I was very, very new at ABC 7 Chicago. My mom spotted one of our anchors on the street. Walked up to him and said, do you know my son, Benji? He's going to be anchoring the 5 p.m. news one day. Quote, well, that's nice, but I currently anchor the 5 p.m. news, (laughs) replied Ron Majors. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. See, that's what the mom being the mom show is. It's all about that. It's all. I wonder if, would Ranji now? We never. T- I never talked to Ranji about Ranji's mom. Does would he would Caesar? Do you think that Ranji's mom yells at Alexa the way he does? Do you think that's where he learned to yell at Alexa? Well, I've I've heard a few things in the past about learned behavior. Yeah, right? yeah. So, so maybe maybe <laughs> there was a, that was the story last week. Espo Ranji's on, and the difference between Mark Mark would talk nicely to this uh-huh. artificial Ranji, intelligence when that. Alexa showed up, and Ranji sh- shut up. I'm doing a radio show. <laughs> Shut up, Alexa. And where did he learn that? How does his mom do? I, I also saw, for those of you who like Twitter wormholes, Ranji and Lenny Dykstra got into it on Twitter I earlier this week. That was that, that yeah. was uh, something. It was actually very amusing. So there's an, a, uh, an AP. It's, this comes from the self-employed scribe named Dan Sewell, who wants um, a lit in Chicago. And this tweet involves the greatest Twitter follows going. So former L.A. Bureau Chief John Brewer recalls a struggling actor moonlighting as a night news assistant. Filing, changing ribbons, changing ribbons. Kids, ask your parents about that. Loading paper. This was in the 70s back when they had typewriters and stuff. He informed Brewer, this struggling actor, in 75 he had been cast in a, quote, sci-fi movie. And that's how Mark Hamill's AP career ended. There. <laughs> Luke Skywalker was Skywalker. changing ribbons and filing in an AP office, and he got cast. And that's it. That's that. I love him. All right. So there's more Eagles music. There it is. Yeah. You know, some dance to remember. So- <laughs> some dance to forget. There it is. Yeah. So this is Saturday Suckage. You can check out anytime you want, but you can never leave. So, Cesar Perez, thank you for thank you, Caesar. Got to suck in front of the Memphis Grizzlies broadcaster. We want to thank <laughs> Cody, Cody Westerland for sacrificing his credibility coming on the show. Paul Sullivan, Mark Grody, this is his show, but he's not on this show. Eric Hassel's team, thank you very much. Thanks for everyone who listened. If nobody important listened, we'll be back next Saturday on Saturday Suckage.
it wouldn't have been possible if we weren't here to be told how much we suck. So kudos to you guys for sucking as bad as we do. Oh, yes. Wait, wait a minute, Mr. Post. Wait, wait. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. it. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.